0: Local owners have a much greater stake in making sure that the paper is a vital institution. Out-of-town ownership over the years has shown that profits are more important than the journalism.
1: The economics of newspaper publishing has shifted dramatically in the last 20 years. Many legacy newspapers have folded, some are clinging for their lives, while others are finding new ways to sustain themselves so they can continue serving their communities. I'm Michael O'Connell. This is It's All Journalism. In recent months, two local foundations, a former Baltimore County executive and a News Guild chapter, have been trying to put together a bid to buy the Baltimore Sun from Tribune Publishing. Today we're going to be talking about what this means for one newspaper, the journalists who work there, and the community the paper serves. Liz Bowie is an education reporter for the Baltimore Sun. She's also a member of the Washington Baltimore News Guild. And Matt Gallagher is president of the Goldsecker Foundation, one of the Baltimore nonprofits looking to purchase a sun. Welcome to the podcast, Liz and Matt. Hi.
0: Glad
2: to be here.
1: So f- first of all, could you sort of describe the, the current state of the Baltimore Sun?
0: The Baltimore Sun newsroom is now fairly small. We've had a lot of attrition over the years. And we're now down to about 83 journalists in the newsroom. That's from a high of about 450 two decades ago. We used to have seven foreign bureaus, a large Washington bureau, and we considered ourselves a national publication. We're now focused solely on local news and we're trying to do the best job we can. We won the Pulitzer last month for local reporting.
1: Is the Baltimore sun still seen as an important aspect of Baltimore culture?
2: Yeah, I mean, the sun is vital to the the civic life of Baltimore and the entire central Maryland region. You know, as Liz alluded to, it was just recognized with the Pulitzer Prize win a few weeks ago. It really is part of the fabric of this great city, and it's an institution that's, uh, you know, incredibly important to save right now.
1: So could you sort of describe the players who were involved in trying to purchase The Sun?
2: I mean, right now, The the Sun is part of Tribune Publishing, and Tribune Publishing, a few months ago, a hedge fund out of New York called Alton Capital acquired a one-third stake in the Tribune Company and is poised to take a controlling interest in Tribune Company at the end of June. Locally, in Baltimore, there have been past efforts mounted to try to convince the out of town ownership of the Sun to sell to local civic minded owners who are interested in converting the Sun to a nonprofit in hopes of putting it on more stable financial footing going forward and really position the Sun for new investment. You know, the backbone of that effort has really been the ABLE Foundation in Baltimore, which has pursued this for a number of years. And the ABLE Foundation actually received its initial funding from the sale of the Sun many decades ago. The Goldsecker Foundation, which I currently have the privilege to lead, we joined this effort a few years ago because our duty and responsibility is to invest in the the people and institutions of Baltimore, And we think that uh, there's no institution more worthy of that type of investment right now than the sun. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, you know, the response to this has been overwhelming and, you know, a wide cross-section of leaders from the philanthropic, civic, business community have stepped up and expressed interest in supporting this effort, you know, as capital partners and we're hoping that we're going to get a window and an opportunity to pull it off in the not-too-distant future.
1: So how willing does the, the Tribune seem to selling the Sun to local investors?
2: Well, it's a tough one to answer right now. I think it remains to be seen. There has been a great deal of consolidation within the newspaper industry. And there is one school of thought that, you know, via consolidation and back-office efficiencies and streamlining that there are opportunities to realize, you know, significant investment grade returns. I think that we have a, a different perspective and we have considerably different capital expectations. You know, when you're philanthropic capital, there's a lot of different bottom lines that you look at. It's not just about the dollars and cents, it's about the impact, it's about the employment, It's about the capabilities of having a robust press to hold, you know, community leaders accountable. So when you operate a foundation, you have a very different perspective on returns and very different expectations. And our belief is that with what a good, strong, robust, vibrant newspaper that it's probably better served by having different capital return expectations than a hedge fund or a publicly traded company. And that's why, you know, the hope is is that we can restore local ownership, that we can put the sun on a stable path going forward so it can do what it does best, which is cover what happens in Baltimore and our region.
1: Why is it important to have local ownership of the paper?
0: I think it's important because from a journalist's perspective because local owners have a much greater stake in making sure that the paper is a vital institution. I think out of town ownership over the years has shown that profits are more important than the journalism. As a journalist I've seen time and again the company refusing to give raises to the majority of staff anybody who is at the top of the scale has not even been given a cost of living increase in seven years, there's the young reporters do get step increases for the first six years there at the paper. but those have been you know hard for the company to justify, they say. and therefore they want the union to get rid of those step increases so they can keep wages low. I also think that there will be a much stronger sense of community if there's local ownership in the paper.
1: So you've talked a little bit about sort of the impact, the the attrition that's going on there at the paper, Liz. What impact is, is this kind of having on the reporters and the editorial staff?
0: Most recently, we've been trying to cover... Three very major stories at the same time. The coronavirus, pandemic, you know, two weeks of protests, daily protests, and an election that was took a week to get the votes counted for, um, and a very important election for the mayor in the city. So trying to do that and also have at any one time five reporters on a furloughs has been really very stressful and difficult. And we were all trying our best, but it's really hard.
1: Could you sort of describe what the Guild's plans are, or at least their approach to what they want to do with the paper?
0: I think the News Guild began coordinating or talking to the investors, the foundations, and people interested in buying the paper because we felt that perhaps if we helped them, we might be in a better place to get the paper away from Tribune. I think we felt that it would be better for our jobs and better for the overall success of the paper. We also were able to launch a campaign that was a very public campaign that drew attention to the fact that there was this effort to buy the Sun. I think that public campaign has helped to spread the word in around Baltimore, and it also received a fair amount of national attention. I think we didn't start out with this objective, but I think that we are hoping that the Save Our Sun campaign that was launched in late April will provide perhaps a model for other newspapers around the country who are also interested in having local ownership or a nonprofit in the future. We don't know whether we'll be successful. We certainly hope so, but whether or not we are, I think we can provide sort of a roadmap for one of the ways to go about this.
1: You know, Matt, I think you talked a little bit about this, but could you sort of explain to me why making the sun a nonprofit, why would that that help it to be more sustainable?
2: Well, in the it's a very challenging media landscape right now that has, um, you know, while there's been consolidation among media companies, there are a lot of different channels and a lot of different ways that people receive their news right now. If you are an investor, if you're a publicly traded company, or if you're a hedge fund, and you look at an asset like the Sun, you know, unfortunately the the route to generating returns has typically involved you know consolidation cost savings and cost containment and diminishing the extent of the coverage and the capabilities of these types of organizations if you are looking at this like from a grant making perspective and you are relieved of the burden of having to generate a double digit return on this operation, if you can acquire the, the sun at a fair price, if you can convert it to nonprofit status, you then have a situation where the profits that can be generated by the paper can be you know, reinvested back into the product that you can expand your coverage, you can support you know, the reporting staff the way that they should be given the quality of the product that they're producing right now. You know, if you're comparing the, the two approaches, you know, I think you can understand the hedge fund or you know, a publicly traded company's motivation in terms of you know, trying to generate returns on their investments. One of the great things about working in philanthropy is that you get to have a, a broader perspective in terms of what constitutes return. And from the perspective of the, the philanthropic community in Baltimore who's interested in pursuing this, you know, there's approximately 400 people who work at The Sun right now. And you know, these are people who live here, work here, send their kids to school here, make lives here. And they are deeply invested in our community, and we owe them a considerable debt for the role that they play here in terms of holding public officials accountable, exposing corruption, you know, shining a bright light on the inequity that surrounds us right now. And there are a lot of people in Baltimore who realize that the value of that, you know, goes well beyond, you know, a quarterly return. And that's why we are willing to pursue this. And that is why, you know, there's been an outpouring of support for this effort across like all sectors of the Baltimore region.
0: I really believe that, I think many people in the country believe that the business model for newspapers is really troubled right now. And there's no doubt that there's no perfect model out there, because if there was, we'd all be using it. So I think we understand very well that if the paper is purchased by local owners and turns in, and turned into a nonprofit, there'll have to be some experimentation in how to bring in revenue. We're going to have to try new things. Some of them will fail. Some of them will be successful, hopefully. But I think local ownership will Be willing to make some of those investments in experiments. You know, will it be that we get foundation support for some of our reporting? Will it be that we get more revenues from Google and Facebook? Will it be another model that I haven't thought of or no one's thought of? But I think a local owner a local ownership or a board, a nonprofit board, would be interested in trying different approaches to raising revenue to support the newspaper's work.
1: I I just wanted to, sorry that I have to ask this, is the the Baltimore Sun still prints a, a print edition?
0: Five days a week, yeah.
1: Five days a week. You know, moving forward, I mean, you know, on this podcast, we've had many different discussions about sort of the challenges that are facing newsrooms. Is there any willingness to move away from print to try to explore, you know, online revenue?
0: Well, Tribune Publishing Company has put a great deal of emphasis on the digital, you know, our digital online presence, and they have moved pretty aggressively to try and increase the subscriptions to online only. So clearly that is a focus, has been a focus, and would continue to be a focus I don't see the print product going away anytime soon because it provides the greatest revenue stream right now, I believe. I don't know that, but that's what I understand. So if you stop printing the paper, then you lose the revenues that you would get from advertising for that print product.
1: So, you know, when we start talking about foundations and nonprofits, when it comes to media, one of the things I think about is public radio. Is that kind of what you're advocating for?
2: You know, Michael, I think, you know, specific to the the sun and what we're pursuing here, there are examples across the country in Philadelphia and Salt Lake and Texas, where newspapers have transitioned into a nonprofit status. And, you know, right now you have a product in the Baltimore Sun that is, you know, profitable as it is right now. So, you know, being able to redirect those profits back into the organization, you know, we think would kind of, you know, help its sustainability going forward. In terms of like uh, public radio, you know, that's a product that people are willing to invest in and to donate to. And, you know, I do think that there would potentially be civic and philanthropic support that would come beyond just like the typical, you know, print and online subscriptions. So in terms of revenue streams, you know, if the sun were transitioned into nonprofit status, you know, that is one opportunity that they would have, you know, I just, I do want to add, you know, on this nonprofit status from the foundation's perspective, this is about saving the sun. It's about saving jobs. It's about having local journalism. It's not about like an editorial point of view. You know, I think that, you know, at least the Goldsucker Foundation just views this as a civic duty and responsibility. And, you know, you certainly don't ever want to put the cart before the horse because we're not even at the point where you know, the sun has been acquired or that, you know, we've been able to make significant movement in that direction. But the hope would be that, you know, if we were able to get the sun on this type of path, that we would be able to retain and attract like excellent management and have, you know, extraordinarily accomplished governance, you know, and, and a board that we would be able to really make it a model institution going forward that could be replicated and emulated in other communities. And I've been encouraged that as we've talked about this publicly, the unsolicited outreach I've received from like cities all across the country and foundation peers all across the country who are watching this very closely and hoping that we're successful and hoping that this might be something that can be replicated in the places where they live.
1: So as we, we look forward, actually, let me let me ask you this question. I know that some of the things that we were talking about took place in the end of April. Has the coronavirus impacted, you know, people's attention or the protests? You think maybe taking people's attention away from the sun's um, situation? <laughs>
0: I think that there's been less attention in the last week or so, maybe two weeks since the protests began. I think the coronavirus. I th- I think people are able to look at other things besides coronavirus. I do think in the last couple of weeks we feel it's been a little hard to get people's attention locally because there's been so much going on. That's going to pass at some point. But I I don't see this campaign ending in 2 weeks. So I don't see the coronavirus as a as an issue.
1: What then is the is the timeline that we're looking at right now? When when do you think decisions will be made
2: well i mean i think that you know right now the tribune publishing is very aware of our interest you know we're about three weeks away from Alden capital having the ability to take a controlling interest in tribune you know i think that the civic and the philanthropic and the business partners in baltimore are Ready and prepared to act swiftly, you know, if and when a window opens up, whether it's before Alden Capital takes control of Tribune Publishing or after, you know, it's a it's a significant milestone that's coming up because there could be a dramatic change in the direction of Tribune Publishing, and you know there could be changes in the way that um, you know they pursue their strategies. I think that we have sustained interest here in Baltimore. And I don't think that this issue is going to go away until we're successful.
1: I've been talking to Liz Bowie of the Baltimore Sun and Matt Gallagher of the Goldsecker Foundation. Matt and Liz, thanks for for sharing this information. I hope the future of the sun uh, shines bright, I guess. Uh, and and, and, uh, well said that, uh, the, the community gets the paper it needs and that you continue, uh, producing great people Prize winning local journalism. Thanks for being on the podcast.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it.
1: You've been listening to it's all journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at it's all journalism.com. While you're visiting our website, why not sign up for the it's all journalism newsletter? You'll get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming interviews. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicole Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Dupre wrote our theme music. Emilia Brust helped with our booking. Nicholas Hunter provided a web assist. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Thanks for listening.